Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Yesterday when Katie was filling in for Lucky, uh, we found out that uh, gender reveal parties by far is the one thing that we can almost all agree on have to stop and go away and never return. <laughs> I, I made this suggestion yesterday. Here's an idea. Try it out if you like. If you're going to have a baby and you want to do a gender reveal, do it when the baby's born. Right. You know, it's the most amazing miracle you'll ever live through in your entire life. Seeing the birth of your child is unforgettable and amazing and all of those good things, but it's not enough for us anymore. Mm. You know, because we're all so narcissistic and self-involved, it's got to be always more and more and more. We always think that people want to know stuff about us that they really could care less about. Katie even made the point yesterday. She goes, you know, I'm a woman. I'm a mother. And I don't care when I hear somebody else is having a kid. <laughs> you know, you think it's more of a guy thing. Right. She's like, no, I could care less when right. I find out somebody's pregnant. We don't care. I know I know. we get all caught up in our own little world and we're all excited about having the baby. Right. So you got to drag people now through another party. Like the baby shower isn't boring enough. Yeah. Now you got to well, drag them through this. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I guess you might be excited to, to know that they're having a baby and, you know, excited for them. But then it's like, all right, well, let me know when you have it. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. then I'll find out the details. But you're right. You got to go on through this whole process. So, uh, and one of the problems with the gender reveals is that they've become so elaborate that people are burning towns down. Right. In an effort to make their party better than the last one. Which is why I love this story, because this dude in the Philippines probably threw the worst gender reveal party ever. And they've been around a long time. They've been around for 15 years. Wow. A, uh, A blogger kicked the trend off in 2008 when she cut into a pink cake and revealed that she was having a girl. When asked now, she even admits she doesn't like them anymore. Gotcha. She started this whole thing. Anyhow, a dad in the Philippines is going viral after revealing his baby's gender by flushing a toilet. Pardon me? He flushed a toilet. And that was it? That was it. He dyed the water in the tank blue and decorated the bathroom with pink and blue balloons. And called everyone into the bathroom to had, see? Had everybody circle around the bathroom, <laughs> did a countdown, and then flushed the toilet, and everybody applauded. Did they go first? or like the, 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 No. It was just wasting water? Just wasting water. I mean, it's probably the most low-budget way to have a gender reveal, but right. at least nobody got injured or hurt. Nobody drowned. Especially if you're buying the, the, the blue duck stuff that, like, it's already blue. Yeah. And it sounds like they had a good time. Five, four, three, two, one. A lot of people in that pooper. That's right. Yeah. So if you got to throw one, why not? <laughs> And if you have to go, number one. Yeah, right. It works for everybody. Yeah, everybody's happy at the end of the day. So it might seem odd and strange, and you might consider it the worst. But it's, I think it far beats the shooting the cannons and fireworks and all the chaos that goes on. I'm not down with any of it. I, no. I think it's all ridiculous. And I, my, my theory on it, I've said this before, is that I think, you know, as, as the, you know, the father 
in a in a pregnancy, mm. right? Eyes should not be on you at all throughout this. You've very little. You've done your part. Yeah, your <laughs> five seconds worth. You, there's there's nothing for you to do up until the baby's born. Yeah. And there's and, and all eyes should be on you know the mother carrying this child until the one moment where you get the eyes on you, and that's when you're walking down that hallway after the baby's been born to the group who whoever's been sitting there waiting for you. That's the only time the eyes are on you, and that's your moment. See, this is, again, how your life and my life is so completely different. Right. When our boys were born, I was basically pushed aside <laughs> as the family stormed the barricade. <laughs> it was a lovely moment. Marie and I are there holding our first child, and then the doors just burst open, and the world came oh, in. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, the Italians? <laughs> They're not waiting in a lobby. Oh, I had me a night last night just trying to slide into my gown and get my cleavage right for the Golden oh, Globes. It was right. a whole effort. I heard the Golden Globes were on. I yeah. thought about you. I had my Golden Globes out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the whole family to view. Uh, <laughs> You're talking about tucking the ones in up top. I'm mm. more thinking of a Silence of the Lambs dance kind of thing going on. <laughs> I have tried that as well. I'm not going to lie. Anyhow, they were what they were, as always, boring. And I don't know what my addiction is to it. I think it's a childhood thing. My mother loved all the award shows. Okay. And I got groomed on them, and, uh, and I, just, I just have to watch them. And I usually never make it to the end. Last night I made it as far as uh, Eddie Murphy getting his uh, his Cecil B. DeMille Award, a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah. I'll say this about Eddie Murphy. I think I said this before. I find it incredibly interesting and odd and strange that a man who can be as funny as he is, a man who many would put at the top of the mountain when it comes to stand-up comedy, can be so bland in real life. I don't know that I've ever seen him interviewed or uh, heard him at an award show where he just is a snooze fest. He really isn't that entertaining or engaging. And maybe he saves it all for his performance. And maybe when he's at home with his family and friends, he's that Eddie Murphy. I don't think so, though. Well, keep in mind, I think, with Eddie, and it has that he hasn't really performed anything in like 25 years. But if you even go back to old Letterman, because I follow on YouTube, I'm, I subscribe to these uh, David Letterman highlight things. And so I've seen Eddie Murphy in the height of his career. Right. Do, going on late night with uh, David Letterman. Boring as all day. Right. It's, it, it's just had just, comedic timing. Yeah, it's just very interesting. I, he's just very low key. And when he, I guess when he needs to turn it on in his stand-up or in a movie, he's able to flick that switch. Mm -hmm. But man, oh man. And it's amazing he, that he can't flick it, though, for those promotional interviews, mm, though. Right? Like Letterman yeah. back in the day would have been to promo his movie or yeah. he would have been on there as part of a press junket. Yeah. You think you'd throw it on for that. I mean, if I could find, if somebody has seen an interview with Eddie Murphy where he's very kind of entertaining and engaging, even when he did uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with right. Seinfeld, it was one of the more bland episodes. Mm. He just, I don't know. I always find it disappointing. And yet, I think when I saw the promo reel for Golden Clothes, I'm like, 
Oh, Eddie Murphy's getting an award. That would be great. <laughs> I got to hear what he's got to say. And this is what he had to say. I want to let you know that there is a definitive blueprint that you can follow to achieve success, prosperity, longevity, and peace of mind. And I followed it my whole career. Just do these three things. Pay your taxes. <laughs> mind your business. And keep Will Smith's wife's name. Mouth! Now, okay. Again, I shake my head. Why? Why? The, why? Ne- like, hmm. it's a year late. Like, if I'm... Okay, when we do this show, and I'm not trying to compare myself to Eddie Murphy at all on right. any level, but there is a, uh, a best before date on things. Like, if we were to sit here even now and make Will Smith, Chris Rock jokes, I would think it's so dated. Why are we even referencing that anymore? Isn't it the first real big award show, like movie awards since? Like, maybe that's what... And I'm sure the conversations leading up to, you know, being a comedian, Mm. going on stage to accept an award... Um, or on, on stage in an award show, mm. I'm sure there was probably talk amongst the back room inner circles of that production that nothing's going to happen like what happened at the Oscars. You know, so it might have been kind of more top of mind to those who were there sure. than it was to those sitting and watching. And he's probably very, very close with Chris Rock, and that was probably a shout-out to him in support of him. Like, if I got to pick a camp, Team Smith or Team Rock... Eddie Murphy is firmly in the Team Rock category. And it might have been that as well. It just seems like, you know, you're Eddie Murphy. There could have been so much more you could have right. done and said. And, well, and interesting you know. that, uh, what's his name, Gerard uh, Carmichael? Was that the, the host of Gerard it? Gerard Carmichael, yeah. yeah. Um, that He didn't do anything like that. There was no... No. His whole routine was like, everybody be quiet, settle down. Like his, It was very bland. Right. Yeah. Yeah, oh, listen, most of those award shows are. The other interesting thing about award shows, too, is you watch that red carpet on E, and it's like, in the alphabet list of entertainers, most of them are in the E <laughs> category. Like, they never get, like, you know, the Steven Spielberg who won last night, or or the Eddie Murphys coming up, although why bother with Eddie? He wouldn't have right. anything to say anyhow. It's always somebody who played the tortoise <laughs> in White Lotus. <laughs> Lucky running around Ottawa. Over the weekend. Uh-huh. How many games did you call? Uh, two. 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 Saturday uh, hockey night against the Seattle Kraken. Mm-hmm. Nashville on Monday night hockey. Mm, how did Ottawa do in both those games? Not well. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. And do you find, because you've been doing play-by-play for the Generals, so right. of course you're going to be a hometown homer for that. No. No, you don't. Uh, you don't come across with that uh, Joe Bowen kind of all uh, all Oshawa Generals. I've, I've never tried to, and my take on that has always been. I mean, generally, you're doing a local hockey game, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's a Generals game, which is great. It's broadcast here locally. It's also broadcast in the city wherever the other team is from. Right, right, and generally, the fan base of Oshawa is at the game. Like The right. core fans are at the game. So really, the people who are watching me are the ones from the other city. Right. So for me to just sit there and be a complete homer, mm. I think it does a disservice to anyone who's actually watching. The That's a good point. And I guess with Ottawa, too, if they're playing the Kraken and you are doing a national TV feed, then there would be Seattle fans somewhere along the way. Yeah, I mean, Seattle has their own 
TV that comes up. And when you, at the NHL level, their own, each side has their own TV and their each side has their own radio right. there, too. So, I mean, it is, but it is a national audience that you're broadcasting to. And, and Ottawa fans, passionate about their team, I'm certainly, you know, there's a vested interest for me right. in Ottawa continuing on because the more, the further they go, the better chance I have of doing some more games, right? Yeah, but the way it's going, you're, you're done by uh, mid-February. Yeah, DJ has pointed that out to me. <laughs> <laughs> the coach was not very happy yeah. to see me show up again. He'll be done and you'll be done. <laughs> Colorado's not going to be a good scene. And, and as far as Ottawa fans go, as much as I know, I don't know that, you know, it's kind of like um, people will say, you know, there are certain things out there, but you've never seen one. Right. Like, I know that there's probably Ottawa fans. I've just never met one. Well, and then Outside listen, of Coop. When you get, yes. <laughs> I was trying to, well, that was part of trying everything I could do to, to get behind Ottawa. Mm. Um, but let's face it. When you step out of the GTA and you go to the other markets yeah. across the country, um, and certainly the ones I go to the most would be like Ottawa and Winnipeg, they certainly, there's there's... They feel slighted mm. because sure. when you watch, you know, Hockey Night in Canada, there's a generally a Toronto theme to it, mm-hmm. right? For the most part, it's produced out of here. Um, you know, the Leafs, wherever you go in the country, there's likely as many Leaf fans. There's a ton of Leaf fans always in the building, right? right? So a lot of attention is paid on Toronto, NHL headquarters are in Toronto. There's a lot of mention of Toronto in general, whether or not you're mentioning the team or not. And we do a video review in, in Ottawa. It's like, hey, let's go to Toronto to find out what the review says, right? Like it's, it's, yeah. So, you know, those markets, I think, feel very slighted by the fact that everything is, is Toronto-centric. The only time Toronto isn't mentioned in the NHL is during the playoffs. <laughs> Time to chat for Helinda's Meats with the Godfather of the Grill, Ted Reader. Here he is. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. Morning, Ted. How are you this morning? Can't complain. No, who would listen anyhow, yeah, Ted? Right. Nobody cares. Exactly. You know, Nobody cares. You ever, you ever start complaining about something and just see people's eyes roll into the back of their head? They don't care. It is true. Daily. When you ask someone, like, <laughs> how are you doing? You really don't want a no. long answer. No. no. Even, you're not Short that sweet. concerned. Even in your own home, I... I have been sharing with the lovely Maria a concern, and she has literally walked away mid-concern. <laughs> but that happens to you all the time. Yeah, with everybody. Oh, yeah. Everyone. Yeah, I know. I see I know. you do it to me many a times. <clears throat> oh, Ted. oh, Ted, my apron is on fire. Do yes. something. It's Nothing. Like, it's like when I try to customize my meal at the joint and, and change what the uh, the actual recipe calls for. Oh, all of a sudden, yeah, Ted walks that. away for no. some reason. Ted, Ted doesn't want... He, he, he doesn't walk away. He just flares up in anger. You can see, you can see the blood pressure rising. <laughs> I can't make this any less hot, Lucky, is what's going in his mind. No, this is how it's supposed to be. Right. Spicy. That's Get right. over it. Now, uh, Ted, on your Instagram, I'm always taking a look at what you're doing on Instagram. And, of course... Twitter and Facebook, and uh, you're all over the place. You were with the Bills again on the weekend. But in between all of that, you shared a macaroni and cheese dish on the barbecue. Tell us about this. Oh, uh, the hickory stick and bacon mac and cheese that we do up at the joint. What? And, uh, yeah. Yeah, what, have you never had that, Lucky? Uh, Where have you been? 
I think, well, I, I'm pretty sure I've had it coated. I just didn't think I knew what was in it. The hickory stick is too spicy right. for Lucky. <laughs> That's, That's it. I well, do. he loves hickory sticks. That's I do the thing. Love like, like the Lucky, Lucky likes a hickory stick poutine. It was amazing. Put the hickory stick in a in a in a, in a bowl, top it with cheese curds, curds, and pour some hot gravy over top of it. Lucky's in seven heaven. It was very good. It was very. I made good. him that once. Yes, you did. It was very good. Yeah, so uh, our hickory stick mac and cheese. And so our cheese sauce is uh, based on uh, the, the, the main ingredients are cream cheese and shredded cheddar cheese. We also use um, uh, uh, 35% whipping cream and a couple other little ingredients that go into it. And we make this sauce and we get it boiling. We have the prepared pasta. It's already been cooked. Uh, and chilled and ready on the side. And then we throw the pasta into the sauce. We throw the hickory sticks into the sauce. And we have some of uh, Helenda's craft beer bacon that we grill off and uh, chop up, and we add that into it. And you mix it all together. And the, the hickory sticks get uh, a little bit soft. They thicken the sauce a touch, and you get the saltiness from them as well. And that's that's our mac and cheese. It's real easy. Oh, Lots man. of cheese in it, though. Sounds tons great. Tons. Is there a low-calorie option? <laughs> No, there's no low calorie option. It's mac and cheese. You know what? Gluten free? Too? Is that the next dairy. thing? Can I have yes, mac and cheese? With no dairy. Dairy. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that about... request before. The answer is no. Ted, while we're talking about dairy, I do have a question because uh, I was in the States and they have. They're, they're, you know, get a burger there. They give you your options of cheeses, and they love their cheese in the States. And you can have provolone or jack and whatever the heck it was. But then there's just American cheese. What the hell is American cheese? That's the processed cheese slices. That's it. Oh, really? That's American cheese. Yeah. It's a cheddar cheese slice. But it's the processed one. It's not the, the real slice of cheddar. It's the processed cheese. So that's why they offer so, cheddar or American Yes. Oh, yeah. shocking. man. Right? Shocking they melt differently. <laughs> processed. Yeah, that's it. You know, okay. it's uh, it's like if you, you know, when we, Velveeta mm-hmm. is great in mac and cheese. And that's sometimes the secret ingredient that goes into it because it has that creaminess and it makes things stick all together and it's really super cheesy. I will say this about uh, processed cheese or the craft slices, as we call them. Sometimes, like on a grilled cheese or on a burger, it's perfect. Like, I love cheddar and I love real cheese, but sometimes in a grilled cheese, you can't beat that processed slice. Nope, it has its place, and it uh, it does well for a grilled cheese. You know, you get that when you cut into it and you separate the, the two slices, and it's, you know, stretches out, and it's nice and cheesy. That makes a great sandwich. Sometimes I'll have cold cuts in that processed cheese in the fridge, and I'll just take a cold cut in that <laughs> processed cheese, and I'll wrap it up, and I'll just shove it in my pie hole. Lovely. Do you ever dunk it into the mustard first? No. No, we are my, my uh, the lovely divorce lawyer that cooks breakfast, my lovely wife, Pamela, and I, we were, this is years ago, as we were camping in Cape, Cape Hatteras, and uh, these young guys were, were parked beside us, and they pulled out packs of bologna, <clears throat> And uh, processed cheese, they rolled it up, and they had a big jar of mustard, and they were dunking it into the mustard and going, that's good eating. 
<laughs> I bet it would be. And you agreed. Yeah. I was like, yeah, cheers, boys. <laughs> I, I Meanwhile, we, we were grilling off steaks and sautéing mussels. And <laughs> I, do, uh, I do remember camping uh, as a teenager and in between a gazillion beers, eating mac and cheese over the fire and then dipping it into uh, mayonnaise. That was a tasty mix. Mac and cheese. Yeah, you're weird, man. And you're mayonnaise. completely weird. And now, mayonnaise. And now today I'm on high cholesterol pills, so go figure. <laughs> Just spooning the mayonnaise into your gullet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I used to, when I'd make a, like a sandwich for the kids for school and I'd put mayonnaise on it, as I wrapped it up and I took the last scoop out of mayonnaise to spread, I'd, I'd eat it off the knife. Yeah. Very uh. healthy. God, man, you're killing me. <laughs> All right, Teddy. Well, we'll let you go then. If people want to talk processed cheese or mayonnaise or mac and cheese or hickory sticks and anything, because you could probably use it as a binder in burgers. I'm sure it's perfect for that as well. Uh, how do they get a hold of you, pal? You're going to find me at Ted Grills in the social media world. Did you know that until the wire whisk was popularized in the 19th century, vigorous mixing was usually accomplished by using birch branches, knives, or bundles of straw. I did not know that. Imagine trying to whip up a pancake batter with a bunch of straws. Right. Wouldn't it all kind of get uh, dissolved in there a little bit, too? Well, that's why they all died by the we're time they were 32. <laughs> this, <laughs> these pancakes were a little... Uh, one, they're lumpy, and Ted, two, uh, a little dry. <laughs> he saw Ted the was, extra straw in there. Ted would find a way to, uh, to get him into the pancakes. <laughs> and then he had molasses on top of yeah, it, Yeah, that's too. right, yeah. There are only two countries in the world that don't require companies to give their employees paid maternity leave. Uh, Pompeii, New Guinea. Okay. And the United States of good old America. <laughs> America. Yeah. It is crazy when you speak to someone who's just, like, had a child mm. in the States, and they're like, oh, yeah, got to go back to work in six weeks. It's Yeah, six hours. Yeah, some gotta, of them are right back. back after lunch. I mean, there's extremes, right? Like, in Europe, like in France, I think when you have the baby, you don't have to go back to work till the kid's 22. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little extreme. But, uh, yeah, everybody should have the right to the first year of a child's life at the very least. Uh, peanut M&Ms were invented by a guy named Forrest Mars. He was allergic to peanuts. Okay. Yeah. Seems like an odd invention, unless he was trying to kill everyone. Trying to be very brave, I guess. But I'm, I'm going to be a little leery next time someone says, I can't even be in the same room with a peanut. Right. And this dude was working with him, and he was allergic to them. Hmm. By the way, is a tasty. I like very, a peanut m and Very good, but I had real issues around Halloween this year. With the uh, the packaging, where I would get like one of those yellow packs of peanut M and M's, oh, yeah. it'd be like one. I think the lowest I got to was half an M and M being in one, <laughs> <laughs> like half an M and M with really? no peanut. Like something had completely gone wrong in the mix. Yeah, yeah. The the um, well, I think with all um, um, junk food distribution, like you, it's always amazing to me when you buy a bag of potato chips, the family size. Right. And it's literally only half full and sometimes less. Like, I want to... You want to talk about going back to old times, yeah. right? I remember the days. I, you know, let's go back to, like, the, the mid-90s with a bag of potato chips. I... You know, now the, the single size mm. you'll find in, like, the convenience store, that might as well be the Halloween pack for me. Right. 
right? And the regular size bag of potato chips is now a single serving. Mm. And I don't think it's because I'm completely overweight or... <laughs> it might have something to do with, might have something to do with my diet. <laughs> <laughs> but I really find it amazing where like, I can down that mm. in not even a single sitting, like in minutes. Wow. And think, you know, if I'm not buying my bag at Costco, it's not lasting a week or a few days. Uh, this is where my uh, level of uh, bad eating has gotten to. So I've shared my addiction to Frank's hot sauce. Yes. And before I was eating it off of potato chips. Right, yeah. But I find if you don't have a good flat potato chip and a good sized one, you don't get a lot of the hot sauce on it. And a lot of the potato chips, they're either too small or curled. Right. This is where my level of addiction to Frank's has gone. I've realized now that you can buy crackers, and it's a great distributor <laughs> for the hot sauce. Okay. Because they're flat. Yes. And they're even. So I can get me like a teaspoon of hot sauce on every cracker. You didn't realize before this they had such thing as a cracker? You just, you just switched from the potato chip to the cracker. I was so addicted to the potato chip. And the hot sauce. Right. And then uh, over the holidays, of course, we had crackers because you put out things and cheese and crackers and different assorted stuff if people are around. And I said to myself, self, one day, I said, look at this. Yeah. Now I can kill a sleeve of crackers. Right. With my hot sauce. I, I'm now the point where Adrian was at Costco the other day and she came home and she said, you know, I found that they have hell of a good dip there. Oh. No. But it comes yeah. in two large tubs. Yeah. It to which does. I replied, are you trying to kill me? <laughs> Didn't you just re-sign your life insurance? Like, yeah. <laughs> completed the will. Like, yeah. Like, the like, like, completed the will next day. Yeah. Two tubs show up from Costco. Two tubs and a big spoon. And uh, I just said, like, I've, I've known that's been there yeah. for years. Yeah. And I've been, like, faithfully avoiding it. Yeah. Because I don't want to have to buy two big tubs at once. Isn't she the one who also introduced you to the Billy Miner ice cream? Yes, she brought that home, too. She is trying to kill you. That again was after the wills. Have you not said to her, can you see my family history? <laughs> I'm following this same path. <laughs> Maybe she's trying to kill me. It's freezing rain out. Should we go for a walk, sweetie? <laughs> Doesn't the dog need to go around the block? Yeah. I would really uh, have a conversation about that. We might have to. Mirrors are actually light green. They're created using a type of green glass with a silver backing, but you can't see the green because you uh, just see in a reflection. That's right. Yeah, I guess sometimes you look at the side of a mirror or the edge of it, mm. you can see a bit of a green tint to it. How come some mirrors make us look so good and other mirrors make us look so bad? Like I have been getting dressed to go somewhere and looking at myself in my mirror at home, and I go... You're holding it together. <laughs> and I get to wherever the event is, and I look like I'm wearing a moo-moo. <laughs> you stop visiting fun houses. <laughs> the original Blade Runner movie was set in 2019. Oh. And it seems so futuristic. Right, yeah. Yeah. Killer whales aren't whales. No, they're not. They're this puppy is, dogs. <laughs> porpoise, right? They're a dolphin. Yeah, dolphin, yeah. Well, why are they called killer whales, then? Killer whale tank. Like I, you know, if I was a dolphin and dolphins are docile, they're very nice. I wouldn't want to be known as a killer whale. Right. Eh. Back to the Future and Teen Wolf, those two films were in the theaters at the same time in 1985. 
So Michael J. Fox was battling himself at the box office. Back to the Future was number one, and Teen Wolf was number two for three weeks in a row. Did pretty well. Had a pretty good show at that time, too. Yeah, he did all right with the sitcom, Family yeah. Ties. You don't hear Michael J. Fox speak often of Teen Wolf anymore. <laughs> he'll, he'll talk for days about Back to the Future. That's true. <laughs> uh, the sound of running water will make beavers start building with whatever materials they can find, even if they're not by a river. Really? That would be great to mess with them. <laughs> just have a hose. <laughs> It's just walking along, doing its thing. You hit the hose, it starts scurrying, taking down trees. You need, you need a tree taken down. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm just going to put a running water beside it to attract beavers. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.